Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 on this big Wednesday morning hump day, August the 10th. Football on the way, folks, as uh, the Giants in New England tackle it tonight, uh, along with Tennessee and Baltimore. So those are the NFL games on tap tonight. Not sure which stations are Mike carried. I'm sure both probably want to probably be on the ESPN uh, network, I think, and, poss- and I'm sure the NFL network will carry one of them. Uh, probably the the latter, the first game, uh, the Giants in New England. Not sure about Tennessee and Baltimore. Anyway, uh, those are the NFL games on tomorrow night. If they are, they weren't listed as nationally broadcast games. All right. Because I, I do make note of that, uh, but I don't have that noted as uh, national broadcast. doesn't mean it isn't. Right. Uh, but um, when I originally looked at that, and I, I can tell you, you got uh, several on Saturday, Kansas City at Chicago, beginning at noon, Indy at Buffalo at 3, Seattle at Pittsburgh at 6, Dallas at Denver at 8. All those games are going to be national on the NFL Network. Okay. And then the Saints locally on Channel 3 or Channel 4. Uh, not sure if it's going to be the CW or uh, KATC's oh, okay. uh, flagship station. Anyway, day 12 of the Saints camp and uh, some observations. Uh, of course, uh, Jameis Winston's absence. Andy Dalton looked pretty good along with Ian Book. Uh, for the Saints and their, their practice work uh, yesterday, all of it spent entirely indoors at the Saints training facility. Uh, meanwhile, uh, uh, Saints just uh, trying to uh, get uh, players healthy again. Yeah, I see where Davenport was at practice yesterday. They took him off the pup list, so uh, that's a good thing to hear. But uh, meanwhile, besides Winston, Marshawn Lattimore, along with Jalen uh, Johnson and Zach Brune, and DeMarco Jackson all missed practice yesterday. The Saints placed Jackson on injured reserve Tuesday afternoon. New Orleans selected him, of course, in the fifth round of this year's draft. Elsewhere, um, Marcus Davenport, I mentioned, was activated off the pulp list Tuesday, and he was limited to individual work in his first practice of the training camp. Uh, sharp day, as I mentioned uh, in the beginning of the broadcast, for Andy Dalton and Ian Book uh, both did a good job throwing the ball against uh, seven-on-seven drills. Uh, we'll see how that relates to uh, the season. Uh, don't think that uh, Winston will be out too much longer, as we mentioned. He just uh, turned his ankle or had a, turned his foot, maybe. Uh, not sure how quite that injury is, Jeff. Uh, I don't think they're making much of it right now. No. Uh, in fact, I saw there was some positive news. Uh, Bleacher Report had a piece on that yesterday. Let me uh, pull that up. Anyway, uh, meanwhile, uh, as you're pulling that, the Saints uh, – you know, had an all-out practice for the second day, and uh, the group received plenty of chances to practice. Uh, the referees were out there. They were flowing, throwing flags at four, thrown during the uh, seven-on-seven stretch, during a uh, one-on-one period between the corners and receivers. So uh, don't know if you've found that uh, yeah. article yet. Yeah, Dennis Allen told reporters yesterday that uh, Winston was being evaluated after he tweaked his foot during practice on August 8th. Apparently, he sprained the right foot day-to-day. They don't feel it's anything significant, but he will not play in the preseason opener Saturday evening. Yeah, we kind of suspected that, too. Uh, of course, I don't think he'd have played if he was healthy, to be honest with you. If 
a series at best. Yes, yes. Although, coming off the injury, he may feel the need to get a little more work in. True. Uh, again, you never know with these guys, and uh, again, they certainly have an opportunity to work out in the off season, those kind of things, uh, but coming off the injury, he might get a little more work uh, next week if his foot is in good shape. Of course, uh, defensive back Bryce Thompson, who has had a strong training camp that, from what we're hearing, appears to be a significant uh, amount of pain after uh, he left the field on a court uh, sometime Tuesday at practice, and Thompson was covering a receiver, Kurt Merritt. Kurt Merritt, uh, I can recall him being highly recruited coming out of high school from Destrehan. He was one that set all kind of marks in those uh, Nike camps with uh, the different skill sets they have to do with with jumping and cutting and things of that nature. Uh, but he was highly regarded coming out of, uh, I think he ended up going to A&M and then transferred out and went somewhere else. So uh, anyway, Thompson spent uh, much of last year on the Saints practice squad uh, as a reserve, both safety and slot corner. Meanwhile, Micah Thomas had another good day at practice yesterday. He hauled in uh, five of his targets during the seven-on-seven team drills. Thompson did not participate. Thomas, excuse me, did not participate on one-on-ones Tuesday. Uh, along with a draft choice, Alante Taylor, the second uh, Saints are bringing around that second-round pick uh, from Tennessee, a luxury of 40 because of the depth in the secondary right now. And he's been coming on strong lately. Anyway, earning uh, also praise from Coach Chris uh, Richard, uh, uh, the t- Tennessee alumnus of Marcus Callaway doing one-on-one drills. Offensive tackle uh, Trevor Penning, uh, the big rookie left tackle, has been on his best behavior, Jeff, as we mentioned mm. yesterday. <laughs> Getting uh, kicked out of practice for getting in three fights in three days and uh, attention grabbing those those altercations uh, probably were worth it. Uh, anyway, uh, Penning is clearly a quick learner. He's applying those early NFL lessons to his uh, physical gifts and uh, to play some excellent football for the last few days. So, uh, up next for the Saints, practice this morning at nine. And it's open to the public today. I wanted to mention that. But like I mentioned, you better call and make sure tickets are available and there's room for you because uh, the St. Fans in New Orleans uh, show up and get those, gobble up those tickets. And uh, it's uh, something that uh, you need to look into quickly, Jeff. As we mentioned, if you're going to head down there, make sure you have uh, tickets or access to tickets to watch those practices because they are limited in that regard. I uh, saw this uh, changing gears a little bit, uh, uh, Jeff. I don't know if you saw what uh, the SMU uh, football team or the SMU uh, sports uh, uh, athletes are looking at a $3.5 million uh, stipend in the NIL. They're talking about each uh, athlete at SMU getting 36000 a player. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, who but SMU would have something like that? Well, and again, perfectly legal now. Yeah, uh, but not unusual, and and that would be great if it was across the board and no other NIL money was coming for the quarterback, as an example, or you know that they could keep it consistent, find a donor to to keep it consistent, so that maybe there's less animosity uh, amongst teammates. Uh, but again, you know, there's still somebody who's going to make a bigger payday, and that's what's unfortunate. Yeah, it, that it is too. And you wonder in that regard, uh, with just—I mean, that—that's the big story in college football right now. Is SMU uh, 
You know, they got into trouble a while back with regards, yeah, yeah with uh, paying players back there. And I saw an article, and I wanted to bring that up with regards to uh, – the uh, SMU team and uh, how they, you know, they just, they, they where they find money from, I do not know, but uh, they, uh, you know, they, there was a, a big laughing years ago about uh, that when Eric Dickerson went on to the NFL, he had to take a cut in pay. Yeah. And uh, he was bragging about, uh, you know, his firebird, his golden firebird back in the day. And uh, uh, right now, uh, SMU's going to kind of lead the pack, too, with uh, regards. Texas A&M had announced 25000 for each player, and again, as as sort of a base. Uh, So this is not wholly unusual at this point. Uh, Yeah, you're right about that, but Boyd still brings up uh, a lot of questions uh, with regards to the NIL. And, you know, we still haven't seen any type of parameters uh, for there the are none. There are none. Yeah, and uh, you know, other, I other than that, the universities cannot directly give the students money. Right. That's it. But they, most of them, can help arrange it now, and that I think is unfortunate too. Yeah, it's just, um, and I, I'm not so saying so that the richer get richer, but uh, the schools that have deep pockets in that regard, uh, you know, with alumni, not necessarily uh, uh, the players, but uh, with the alumni and. Uh, and not only that, um, you know, if if a team isn't expected to dominate, uh, compete seriously for even a conference title, are the alumni going to be that motivated to uh, help kids out with these NILs? Yeah, this is true. Th- this is true. But uh, we'll we'll see how um, how that's all going to play out. I, I still think that uh, that some schools. Uh, uh, I don't think. Uh, What's the terminology they use? Uh, lack of institutional c- control when the NCA comes down, when uh, necessarily the athletic departments in the school know what's going on, and uh, that's when they're really hammered with uh, penalties. And SMU, the death penalty back in eighty-seven, eighty-eight—the uh, only, I want to say, the only NCA football playing school to ever come down on that. Of course, right up the road, back in the mid-'70s, UL got popped with uh, – uh, they shut down their program for t- two to three years. And San then, Francisco basketball program. That's uh, right, another later. one. And then also, a lot of people don't, don't remember, but Kentucky's program was shut down back in the early-'50s mm. for NCA violations. And uh, what Kentucky did – their basketball team started playing semi-pro teams in the Phillips 66 and a lot of these uh, uh, sponsored, uh, corporate-sponsored teams, uh, semi-pro teams, to keep their schedule going. And that's what they did because they know they'd still pack the house no matter who they were playing back in the day in the old Coliseum up in uh, Lexington. And uh, uh, those are some of the teams that have paid the price for uh, – Paying athletes are just a uh, lack of institutional control, as I mentioned uh, a few months, moments ago. Of course, SMU, $3.5 million. They're talking about $36,000 to each athlete. Uh, that's a, a pocket full of money, so to speak. And like you said, uh, did the. Uh, Can they pay their own tuition at that point? Would it be so bad? You know? You wonder about that. Of course, t- uh, SMU's tuition's up there. I'd say oh, I'm it's sure it is. Yeah. $50,000 a year. But, you know, with the growth of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I'm sure a lot of their alums are very wealthy up there and uh, a lot of money in that recourse up in uh, that part of the uh, state of Texas. So elsewhere, uh, of course, we have another high school 
football coach that comes on later on this morning, Jeff, around uh, 745. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Rick Hudson. Uh, I think I said this morning, third or fourth season at Highland Baptist, if not his fifth, and, and we'll talk to him about that. But again, uh, looking forward to talking to him in about 20 minutes. Also, uh, Jeff, too, I don't know if you saw some of the highlights this morning, but uh, Rodolfo Castro from the Pittsburgh Pirates sliding ahead first into third base because yeah. he didn't want to ruin his cell phone in his back pocket. Oh, what, what's it doing there in the first place? Thank you. You know, again, it seems ridiculous that uh, you can't get away from your phone that long that it's got to be there. You know, put it in, if, if you have to check it, uh, each player has a little cubby hole in the dugout for their equipment. Uh, check that maybe between innings, but what can be that important that you need to be distracted during a game? I mean, a cell phone. I mean that, that's got to be the best. You know, I'm a real big believer, and I, I love the sports, all, whether it be football, baseball, basketball, tennis, whatever. I'm to the point where I think they need to tell some of these kids – you know, with all the chains and everything on them and all. And, and I'm sure they, they like to be adorned with that. But take them off when you're playing. You know, I'm waiting for somebody to rip one off. I think there was a, sometime last week maybe somebody ripped a chain off one of the players' uh, uh, throats. And uh, I, I, that's just me. But uh, I just think that um, wearing all these chains and everything uh, need to go. And it's fine and dandy if you want to wear them off the uh, – off the field, but uh, in your private life, on the street or whatever, at home, uh, that's your business. But all these change, I don't know, I just I see all these change. And I think one day it's going to f- choke somebody because they have a really strong chain on, they grab them. Because, you know, hair, If all those guys that grow that long hair, that's in play. It is. You can tackle them with the hair. You don't have to grab the jersey. Of course, you can't horse collar them, but you, you can grab the hair. No doubt. And that's a tackle. No you know, you, bring, you might tear off a lot of hair. Somebody's but. version of flag football. <laughs> Which you better not do, though. You know, get caught uh, where a guy has a weave, and you think you've got him by the tail, but uh, then he breaks loose of that uh, because it was just a weave. Who was it? I, I can uh, remember a story. I wasn't alive then, but Y.A. Tittle was playing at LSU, and I don't know if he intercepted a pass and picked up a fumble, but he was running the other way, and the opposing tackler team grabbed him by the pants and pulled his pants, <laughs> and his pants came down around his knees, and he still kept hustling towards the end zone. <laughs> Back in the day for LSU, the crowd got a big roar out of it. Of course, he was uh, infamously uh, a fine quarterback with uh, the 49ers and the Giants in his day. Elsewhere, Jeff, uh, just uh, looking around, just news to report I uh, see where uh, uh, Serena Williams is going to call it a year, I think, uh, for tennis, and she's going to look into other ventures. Of course, uh, she made so much money in the years uh, in that regard. Uh, I want to say 23 Grand Slam titles uh, in the open era since 1968. One shot of Margaret Court's all-time at 24. Number one for a record 186 consecutive weeks during her prime. 319 weeks during her career, third most ever, won 20 of 54 possible majors between 2002, the French Open, and 2015 Wimbledon. No one else won more than seven, um, and she uh, she's done quite well, and uh, and probably the strongest uh, women's tennis player in the, probably the past 20 years. Yeah, and you know the longevity has been impressive so many of these young tennis players and and she was certainly young when she started she was she and her sister both but they have managed to stick around when others fade away after five or 
seven years, uh, these two have remained uh, not not only around but competitive winners. Yes, that's right, time, and so. very competitive. Uh, just dominated that game. Uh, I'm not so sure she could play with uh, some of the pretty good men and stay with them too. Not any stay with them, but beat them too, because she hit one of the hardest services. Uh, by a woman I've ever seen, uh, just a great player. So uh, hats off to her. She calls it a year at the end of this. Not sure if she's going to play. I don't think she said anything definitive about a final date, just that it was winding down. Definitely plans to play in the U.S. Open, but after that, I don't think she has uh, said much other than that the, the, the career's winding down. Yeah, and uh, pretty much uh, what she's l- looking for, so... Anyway, we talked about it a little bit uh, earlier in the last part of uh, the segment the uh, last week that uh, now that Cincinnati's Paul Brown Stadium is becoming Paycor Stadium, it only leaves Lambeau Field and Soldier Field as the only unsponsored NFL stadiums. Unbelievable. And, yeah. and not shocking that those two would be, you know, those two. Uh, if Green Bay wasn't there at, in 1920, they were there soon. After the Bears, of course, uh, there uh, the Decatur Staley's, but yeah, that uh, and you know the fact that the city owns the stadium too. The Bears don't have any rights to naming rights, so there's no incentive for them to. That's right, and you know Green Bay is the only NFL team that has uh, they don't have a, a majority owner. Uh, they've got, I guess, uh, numerous. Uh, it's owned Board by the of town. directors. That's right, well, not not owned by the town. There are. People who buy stock in the team. That's right. And I, there may be some connection to the city directly, but uh, for the most part, it's residents. And, again, you can buy shares. Uh, they're not necessarily worth uh, a lot of money other than pride. But, again, not every shareholder gets to vote is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah you know, the, that's right. But uh, there is a board of directors. And, uh, again, though, uh, it's it will never happen again. No league will allow it to happen again. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of talk about that with the Saints. Uh, why not venture into that? But the NFL just won't allow it. Uh, true. That was when Benson was talking about moving it. And, uh, That's right. But again, San Antonio. But, but again, I will say this about Tom Benson. While his motives uh, were not pure early on uh, during the Katrina situation, uh, he had a change of heart and um, said the the team and the city in the right direction as far as ownership. Yeah, I think Paul Tagliabue had a little bit to do with that, too. They didn't and, want to and, see... Uh, and, and Roger them, Goodell. Yeah, they didn't want to see the Saints leave New Orleans. Arnie uh, Filco uh, then uh, with yep. the Saints. Uh, no, uh, it was it was quite the... Uh, Kathleen Blanco, yep. uh, the governor, uh, and as quick uh, as she awarded money to renovate the dome after Katrina, that helped keep them in New Orleans. And, too. you know, the NFL threw some money at them, too, to help out in that regard. Elsewhere, uh, big divorce. ESPN has pulled out of its negotiations with the Big Ten when its current contract expires in 2023. The network will stop carrying Big Ten football for the first time since 1982. So that's 40 years. So I, I'm wondering if they will not have anything to do with the Big Ten network, too, I guess. Uh, that's probably you're correct in that regard. So the deal expires next year in 2023, and the network said they'll stop carrying Big Ten football. And it does appear that they're near a deal with Oh, three networks, the other three, well, not the other three, but Fox, CBS, and NBC. Uh, ABC, of course, a part of ESPN, sure. so they're not in that deal. But the Big Ten apparently is close to finalizing a new media rights deal with Fox, CBS, and NBC. That's that's spreading the love. 
That's right. It sure is. Anyway, I'm not sure if any one of those networks will sort of take the lead on the Big Ten network. Yeah, so we shall see. Anyway, we need to go ahead and take our first break this morning. You're listening to Kane Radio on Bayou Sports, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be right back. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. The Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday night for Southern Jack Productions, and on Friday it's Cajun Company for the best of the Tesh red carpet after party. And the next day it's Classic Country Saturday night with Butch Bourgeois. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and no bar with more outdoor seating. The Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Hump Day, Wednesday, August the 10th. As, uh, you know, we all know Nick Saban's a great coach and all, but, uh, and he's built a dynasty at Alabama. And guess what? He's got a new book out and how he runs the program if he were a CEO of a large company. And what they're saying is CEO, CEOs often, uh, Say the key to success is hiring the right people, and Saban is no different, says uh, his author, John Talty. Uh, his very first meeting at Alabama, he had everybody in the building come to this meeting. I'm talking about custodian secretaries. He wanted uh, you at this meeting, and he laid it out to them in a very clear terms that everything we do is about recruiting. Uh, former assistant Tyler Siski uh, told me a story that they used to send Saban about a hundred recruiting films when he went on vacation, and he would and uh, send in his notes, and he would update them, and it was something that he prioritizes every single day. And uh, the name of the book is Leadership Secrets of Nick Saban. So, uh, you Nick Saban fans out there. You got another book to buy and read about uh, Nick Saban. Uh, interesting, Jeff. Uh, saw, in saw another uh, story about a book uh, about Nick Saban. Apparently, he was brought to tears after the kick six, uh, the Iron Bowl game uh-huh. against Auburn. Okay, you know, games tied twenty eight twenty eight. Uh, second left on the clock. Uh, second that he lobbied to get uh, because a player had gone out of bounds. Right. Uh, initially, they said no time left, but Nick was like, no. 
Give me that second, uh, and they did review it, and he got his second back. Attempted a 57-yard field goal, a little short, and it was returned for a touchdown. Auburn wins. Alabama not going to the BCS title game, and then they lost their bowl game, but apparently he was sobbing along with half his team in the locker room after that game, uh, according to a new book uh, yeah, I saw yesterday. I remember uh, not lis- not necessarily watching the game, but uh, I was driving and listening to the game, and uh, and I'm not sure what network, I can't remember the network, I think it was the Auburn network we were listening to, we were driving back from Alabama at the time, and uh, it just, uh, you could hit those announcers, and you know, people don't realize that with that field goal, you know, you have a lot of your big bodies on the field for that particular kick, and uh, once he got past the initial line, uh, I guess, uh, of big bodies who had run down the field, uh, there was nobody back there other than the kicker and maybe the holder that had a chance at him. And once he crossed the 50-yard line, it was just ankle bones and elbows into the end zone and in Auburn Stadium, too. So uh, what, what a game, what a game. I remember exactly where I was, and all of us couldn't have been happier. The, the whole place erupted. Uh, I mean, I even remember where I was within the building, what corner I was sitting at. Uh, I mean, it's just one of those epic moments uh, that you just don't expect uh, a play like that to beat uh, Nick Saban. Uh, You're right about that. Uh, They had won the previous two uh, BCS titles, if I remember right. uh, I think you're correct, too. Uh, Anyway, with with that, uh, just... uh, more things I'm just looking over. You know, Little League Baseball is heating up right now, and it's ESPN Plus and ESPN are carrying them. Uh, they got six games from 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., uh, regional tournaments, and the winners of those regionals head to Williamsport up in Pennsylvania. So uh, we'll see. Uh, uh, I can't think of any. The Louisiana team, I think, got knocked out. Yeah, they, they lost their first game, won their second game, but then eliminated in their third game. I think that was on Saturday. But I, I saw an epic moment yesterday. At the yeah, and I know what you're getting ready to go, too. It, it was the third kid I've seen hitting the helmet by a pitched ball. And, and grand, these guys aren't Nolan Ryan up there throwing hard. Yeah, but still, miles I, I know one was removed from a game as a precaution. So the kid uh, is up fairly quickly, and he walks to first base. And I, I wish I could remember the uh, game I... But I know the game you're speaking of. Yeah, and so anyway, the kid who's hit walks to first base, but then recognizes that the pitcher is in tears. Yeah, he's uh, distraught. Distraught because he he doesn't know how badly he hurt this kid, if he hurt him. And the guy walks from first to the mound and hugs him. That's right. And and tries to console him. That that was an epic moment uh, that you don't expect from 11- and 12-year-olds. Yeah, you're right about that. And it was an epic moment. And uh, I can't remember uh, the particular uh, where they were be- where they were playing right now, but uh, it was an epic moment in that regard. So, uh, young man. Maybe <laughs> either the Tennessee-Virginia game. No, yeah. it wasn't Tennessee-Virginia. I remember those uniforms. <laughs> Tennessee, I think, uh, had a maybe a copyright infringement on uh, Vanderbilt's baseball really? uniforms. Oh, those wow ugly black uniforms with the star and the v uh-huh. they had an n but otherwise they were duplicates of those uniforms uh, but uh I, the first time i saw those uniforms from vanderbilt i thought if concentration camp teams <laughs> you know, had a baseball team that would be their uniform 
the, the way that star looked on those black uh, jerseys with pinstripes. Uh, let's see. Delaware, Pennsylvania maybe was that game. Uh, All right. But, yeah, it uh, says here. Uh, 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 well, it's, this, I don't know if this is the same uh, uh, game, but uh, they show Tulsa Little League player hugs. Uh, uh, let's see. Uh, pulling this up. And I'm, that, this is the incident that you're speaking about. A scary play turned into a touching moment at the 2022 Little League World Series on Tuesday afternoon in the southwest region. So maybe it was. Championship Texas game. Texas East in Oklahoma. That's right. Okay. There might not be a better example of sportsmanship. Uh, in that regard, uh, but anyway, uh, after several moments uh, on the ground, the Jarvis took first base and he walked, uh, called timeout, and walked over to to the pitcher who was clearly struggling after hitting his opponent in the head. The two embraced on the mound uh, before other Texas East teammates joined in comfort in Shelton. And uh, the Little League World Series produces some amazing moments every year, and this is definitely one of them. In the majors, a pitch like this very often <laughs> produces a, uh, I should say, a Donnie Brook uh, in that regard. But no league, the players are going to exchange words of encouragement. The children really are our future. So uh, great to see uh, Jeff in that regard. So uh, little leaguer uh, hugs. Uh, not sure who ended up winning the game either in that particular uh, game. Texas East did. Okay, so they head to Williamsport, it looks like. Yeah, they're, they're the only American team, U.S. team, that has clinched a spot in the Little League World Series. Other regionals are ongoing, uh, wrapping up by the weekend. Uh, but several nations, uh, I would imagine, because of travel, uh, distance, they finish up their qualifying games a little bit earlier. So uh, Taipei, uh, Chinese Taipei's already in. Queensland, Australia's already in. Um, uh, Curacao's uh, got a team in. Italy, a team in from Bologna. Um, Japan's Hyogo team. Nicaragua has the Latin American team from Managua. And Mexico, I'm not even uh, going to try and pronounce it. Tamalpas, maybe? I have no idea. Panama, Agua Dulce. And Puerto Rico, Guyanaba. And then, uh, again, Canada to be determined uh, there. August uh, 4th through the 12th, they're regionals, so uh, that uh, is to be determined, Canada. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they've changed up things so much in the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years. It used to be uh, the United States uh, would have maybe uh, four teams in the Little League World Series or at the time, and then uh, it was pretty much uh, one and done back then, but today it's a little different, and they have it set up that way. But uh, it just brings me back, and there's a movie out uh uh, I don't know how old it is right now, but uh, uh, the the team uh, from Mexico was uh, uh, playing in the uh, made it to the Little League World Series, and uh, they uh, ended up. Uh, I think that's the only perfect game ever pitched in the Little League World Series with a young man from the Mexican team back in the day, 1958. And there's a movie out. I can't think of the movie off the top of my head. Extra innings or or just some type of uh, movie that was made and uh, pitched a perfect game in the Little League World Series. And I, I can't recall. Uh, it was in 1958, though. It was the first year I think this team uh, from south of the border uh, was able to play in it. Uh, and uh, I, I know James uh, Olmos, uh, I think, was the uh, – James Olmos. Yeah, was the, uh, the manager of the Mexican team in that particular game. And uh, they won the Little League World Series that year. So uh, it, it's a great movie, too. And uh, if you get a chance to see it, like I said, uh, I can't remember the um, 
the name of the movie, but it was just a great movie. And I'm not so sure they won it the year before, too. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, uh, just about uh, to ready to take another break and uh, get uh, Coach uh, Rick Hudson on the line uh, here on Bayou Sports, Jeff. So let's do it. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Highland Coach uh, Rick Hudson right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board-certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy-guided procedures that diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answer to pain.com. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kane Row, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Hump Day, Wednesday, uh, August the 10th, and waiting on uh, Coach uh, maybe to give us a buzz. That might be him right there. So, uh, Jeff, take it away. Let's go to the phones and say, hello, you're in the air. Coach, Good morning, Jeff. Coach, how are you today? Yes, sir. P- appreciate you. I was sitting co- here waiting for you to call me, and then I saw your text. And and what ha- we did call, and apparently your phone is on uh, silent notifications. Uh, I know what's going on. Okay, but we're here. <laughs> anyway, we made it. Uh, you know, uh, it's been my pleasure to talk to you on Saturday mornings for uh, about 20 years now, and of course, uh, at Nish originally, now at Highland Baptist. I was trying to guess, this is your fourth or fifth year at Highland? This will be my fourth. Okay, real good. Tell us uh, the state of the program these days. And did I see uh, some artificial turf rolled up on your campus? <laughs> yes, we've got artificial turf for our batting cages. Ah, gotcha, man. I, I saw it there and I thought maybe uh, they were getting ready to uh, turf the football field, but... Not not quite. Well, yet. that would be that would be very nice, but no, that's not a, not quite enough turf for that. Okay, fair enough. But tell us uh, how uh, y- your football program has developed uh, since you've been there. 
Well, uh, you, you know, everything is kind of cyclical with single-A schools, especially those with small numbers. And, you know, the last two years we've graduated uh, 13 seniors and last year nine seniors. So we've graduated 22 seniors uh, over the last two seasons, and that makes a, a big impact uh, on your program. We just didn't have the big classes. To, those were two of the larger classes that Highland has had, uh, not only in terms of athletes but in just in terms of students. So uh, we'll be a little smaller this year in terms of numbers, especially on the offensive line. Uh, last year we had a group of seniors. Most of them had played. Uh, he either started two or three seasons. And so we'll be a little, we'll be quite a bit younger up front. But uh, we've got a good group of skill guys coming back, and uh, uh, I'm excited about this group. It's going to be, it's going to be different, but uh, I think it's going to be fun. You know, I, uh, in fact, just uh, I think it was in today's paper. Uh, Nice story about Ty Olivier, a second-year quarterback for you. Well, Ty, Ty's decided he's not going to come back with us this year. He's going to go play for his dad over at ACS. So we'll go on to the next subject. Oh, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> did I just see this story in the paper, though, today? My yeah, this is, a very re- this is a very recent event. Oh, my goodness. So uh, who steps up? Parker Perry is going to uh, be moved to quarterback. He's one of the better athletes we have in our school. Uh, he's been placing for us since he was in the eighth grade. And um, he um, last year played defensive back, and then by the end of the season was playing defensive back and uh, wide receiver. And so uh, on Friday nights, he's going to be on offense, he'll be on defense, he'll be our place kicker, and he'll be our punter. And uh, also, you know, be our starting quarterback. So, um uh, if he get a CDL, he can drive the bus too. <laughs> Coach, uh, tell us uh, about um, your district this year. You've got uh, some changes there. Uh, Generette uh, maybe amongst the big changes in your district. Yeah, we added one team. Uh, Generette dropped down from two A to one A. So normally, when schools drop down in classification, it's it's usually beneficial for them because. They go from being one of the smaller schools in the class they were in to one of the bigger schools into the class they're moving in. And uh, I'm sure that's probably going to be the case with Generette. And uh, th- that was the only change to our district is we added the team. We didn't lose anybody. And so it created an odd number of teams in the district, so everybody's got to buy throughout the uh, district season. And ours ended up being on week six. And uh, there weren't many choices, so we ended up picking up Maryville, which is a you know pretty good drive from here, a little over two hours. But... Uh, uh, they had an open date week six, and we had one too, so we decided to sign a two-year contract. What is it? Uh, obviously, uh, there's certain hardships in uh, making a trip like that, but the benefit of uh, playing that game versus uh, having a bye week or an off week. Well, you you, re- you know you work too hard to just play uh, eight or nine games, and 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 you never know with. <laughs> With the weather in South Louisiana, with hurricanes and things like that, what else might happen? So uh, you, you just didn't want to open date at that point. And and uh, like I said, they they were they were looking and we were looking, and there wasn't many other choices besides having to play up. Uh, I had you know I think I had Woodlawn of Baton Rouge, you know, a five A school conference <laughs> if we play. Uh, so you know. Uh, and I think it'll be a competitive game if you look at uh, if you compare the two programs. I think we've been on a similar path the last several years. Very good. You know, we haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, since all the non-select and select uh, issues came up. Um, you know, right now as it stands, uh, 
waiting appeal on many of these schools, but uh, now more select schools than non-select. Any take on that? Well, definitely the select schools got tougher. Uh, You you know, I'm looking just strictly at the 5A. If all the Lafayette Parish schools stay in in, uh, the select division, adding Acadiana and Karen Crow and and programs like that to the select is definitely going to make it uh, much more competitive and I kind of like how it, it, it balances some things. You know, I, I hate looking at those playoff brackets in the upper divisions of select, and you've got so many buys in the in the first week or the first round of the playoffs. And uh, so I think that's a that's a good thing for for the select in terms of competitiveness, and uh, it maybe it balances out the the non-select as well because you know some of those programs have been powerhouses for years and years and years, and maybe some other schools will have an opportunity to step up. You know, I I know. Um, there's been uh, a lot of uh, talk about the number of teams then in the playoffs, and again, so much will uh, stand with the appeals process, but the idea of maybe 24-team brackets uh, compared to the 16-team brackets, and I know that's been an issue. I won't say it's been an issue for you, but you've certainly pointed out uh, your division, uh, the smallest division, with the most amount of teams, uh, a lot of uh, better teams miss out on the playoffs, uh, than some of those teams that don't win a game in Division Three, or maybe. Right, and and you know, you take it from a personal standpoint. You know, we've been basically five hundred the last three years, and uh, we finish in that seventeen, eighteen, or nineteen spot. Which, you know, I'm old school. I never thought five and five was a a definite playoff team. But uh, when you, when you don't, when you go five and five and you're 17, 18, or 19, and you don't make the playoffs, and then you look in a lot of the other brackets, and you've got teams that are two and eight, and three and seven, and one and nine, like you said, and and they're making the playoffs because everybody does it, does it. Uh, you kind of feel like your kids are missing out on on a playoff experience. Um, I, I don't know what the future is as far the divisions and and all that. I've always kind of been a proponent. I thought nine divisions is too many for for Louisiana. We just don't have that number of schools. I think maybe if they went non-select four divisions and uh, select maybe three divisions, you'd get, you know, bigger bigger divisions and bigger classes, which would uh, eliminate a two and eight or a one and nine from making the playoffs. Fair enough. The uh, Jamboree format, uh, we learned a little bit different this year. Uh, your take on it? Well, I think it was the only way that it really could work out. You know, with Nish and Westgate having to play week one, uh, nobody wants to play in a jamboree and then turn around and play the same team the next week, although we, we kind of ended doing that last year because of the hurricane situation. We scrimmaged gate on and ended up playing them week one because our week one and their week one opponents both uh, couldn't play because of the hurricane. Um, but anyway, uh, with the two big schools out and, and really nobody to play them uh, in the parish at this point, uh, they went both went and found uh, jamborees to be in. And it just left the other, uh, the, the four smaller schools to uh, to play, and uh, you know it's not pro- probably not ideal compared to what we've had in the past, but it's, it's what we had to do, and and uh, probably hopefully would just be a two year uh, two year uh, event. Gotcha. And, and I, I'm pretty sure I heard Coach Martin yesterday say uh, it is Thursday the 25th, not Friday, correct? Yes, it's going to be on Thursday, and and plans are right now to be played at Delcom. The only thing that would change that is if we got a ton of rain that week, and their field were were uh, too soft, we we could move the game to Laurelville. 
Oh, yes, on their turf stadium. Fair enough. And uh, I want to ask you about uh, your uh, former assistant coach, uh, Josh Learman. He's going to be on the show tomorrow at about 7.30, but taking over the NISH program you led for such a long time. Yeah, I'm excited for Josh. Uh, I really had hoped that he would take over after I left when I originally originally left, but uh, you know it didn't work out that way at that point in time. And I think Josh is you know he's been at uh, Broke Ridge and he's been at Patterson, so he's got to see a couple other different programs and how they were run, and maybe take some ideas from there along with the you know the things that he learned when when we were working together. Uh, Josh is a quality coach. I'm telling you, the kids love playing for him. And uh, I, I think you know he's got a, he's got a rebuild to do right now. You know, he finished zero ten last year, so he's uh, he's he's got his work cut out for him. But uh, no doubt in my mind that he can get it done. Uh, Coach Tony Landry, uh, Coach, I got a little text a while ago from one of our uh, I guess vaunted listeners, and he wants to know how's your golf game. <laughs> uh, I won't say it's non-existent, but I'll say it, it, I played less this summer than I played in most years. Uh, during the summer, and uh, it was hot and cold. It, it was, uh, and probably more cold than hot. But uh, I still enjoy playing. I still enjoy playing. I'm not playing so bad that I can't enjoy it. Uh, I just don't enjoy it a, a lot. <laughs> I, I know uh, when Coach Indus was still in town, he mentioned uh, that he enjoyed a round of golf with you for a tournament um, later in the spring or uh, very early in the summer. Yeah, we played in the uh, golf tournament, the, the, the fundraiser that was put on by Iberia Medical Center. And uh, it was it was uh, Coach Indes, myself, and Ty Burdett, uh, former principal from Franklin. And, and we told everybody we did not play the best round of golf today, but I don't think there was anybody on the course who had more fun than we did. There you go. It, was, uh, it was really a blast, and, uh, and uh, we really enjoyed ourselves at, at, uh, at that event. No doubt. Coach, uh, Tony, anything else? No, I'm, I, that's it. Good luck to you, Coach. Uh, I know uh, you're looking for another good year from uh, from your team, so uh, good luck to you. Thank you, guys. And, Coach, uh, we do look forward to this chat uh, each uh, Wednesday at about 745, and appreciate your participating, and uh, we'll look forward to kicking off the Saturday show again following the Jamboree. Uh, but, again, appreciate you joining us this morning, and best of luck going forward. Good deal, guys. Great talking to y'all. All right. Our Thank pleasure. you, Coach. Appreciate Coach Rick Hudson, Highland Baptist. Uh, so, yeah, four, fourth year at Highland. And, wow, we uh, had breaking news there about Mr. Olivier. Um, right. And, again, Mike Coppage, if you're listening, uh, you may want to pull that one story <laughs> off the website. Too late to get it out of the newspaper, but may want to uh, get that uh, posted just five hours ago. So. Oh, wow. Uh, that's unfortunate. Hopefully it's the best thing for the student, but, uh, again, unfortunate uh, late uh, shift here. You know, I, I, was, I, I saw where Washington fired their defensive coordinator. All right. A few days before your first preseason game. <laughs> you you got to think there's some trouble uh, again. Uh, I tend to agree with there, that. There is one know. issue after another uh, with the Washington football team, but... Uh, best of luck, uh, of course, and again, we'll look forward to uh, seeing how the next couple of weeks uh, in advance of the regular high school football season begins. Uh, and again, we'll have 
Coach Learman on the show tomorrow at about 7.30. All right. Anyway, I did. Uh, I Googled that. Uh, the name of the movie with the Little Leaguers from Mexico is uh, The Perfect Game, and uh, most notable title. Uh, it was for the 1957 uh, Mexican team. Uh, some of the stars in that movie, uh, you're right. Cheech Marin is uh, in that movie along with Bruce McGill. And uh, I'm trying to think who else, uh, some of the stars in that particular movie. But, uh, Did they oh, smoke pot in 1958? Just uh, a few beatniks, maybe? I, I don't know that uh, in that regard, but I'm sure it was around. Louis Gossett Jr. is also in that movie. So uh, uh, it's a great movie. I thought it was maybe uh, James uh, Edward... Uh, uh, Edward James, oh, Edward almost. James, almost, yeah, but it's not. It's Cheech Marin that came to mind. So uh, <laughs> I cannot anyway, picture him being a little league coach. Anyway, it just speaks about uh, based on the. Tr- it's a true story. Nineteen fifty-seven, a ragtag, shirtless, poor group of kids from Mon- Monterey, Mexico, shocked the world by winning thirteen in a row in the Little League World Series in the only perfect game ever pitched in the championship, uh, and led by their priest and a down-and-out former major leaguer. These kids embark on a journey through uh, southern U.S. and into Williamsport, Pennsylvania for the championship game. And they encounter, as uh, young men from uh, south of the border, many uh, advers- uh, adversities, including uh, being deported, uh, being threatened to be deported, bigotry. It's a great movie. Uh, if you, it's, it's in the same type of context as Rudy and Hoosiers and Coach Carter and Friday Night Lights. So it's a great movie, the perfect game if you have a chance to watch. To watch it maybe on Netflix or something like that. So, uh, great movie here on uh, uh, about Little League uh, Baseball. Before we take a break, uh, mea culpa time. Uh, it looks like tonight's, uh, G- not tonight, tomorrow night's Giants-Patriots game is on the NFL Network, 6 o'clock our time. And also two games I missed on the network, uh, Friday, uh, Falcons at Detroit at 5 o'clock our time, and uh 7.30 our time. It's probably going to be joined in progress. The Packers 49ers. So if you want to do a little scouting on the Saints next week opponent, the Packers, uh, you can watch them uh, Friday night. Yeah, and that's all on the NFL, NFL Network. Network yeah. yeah, so uh, you have to have the package to watch the NFL uh, Network. That'd be and a little sports package. of course, package. the Quarter Tavern, uh, all those games, uh, I sure. promise you. Absolutely. Anyway, let's go ahead and take our next break. Uh, you're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Today in Sports History right after this. With more than 50 years of pain diagnosis and pain relief experience, Headache and Pain Center offers the latest in interventional pain relief techniques at two locations in Gray and here in New Iberia. Compassionate board certified physicians and the caring staff offer minimally invasive ultrasound and fluoroscopy guided procedures that demand Diminish or eliminate pain without open surgery, opioids, or major downtime. When you're in pain, you know who to call. Headache and Pain Center, 337-560-0880, or go to answertopain.com. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. 
the Corner Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there Thursday night for Southern Jack Productions, and on Friday it's Cajun Company for the Best of the Tesh Red Carpet After Party. And the next day it's Classic Country Saturday Night with Butch Bourgeois. Remember, never a cover at the Corner Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for the Saints and no bar with more outdoor seating. The Corner Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris where opportunities are created, not waited on. That's the Danos difference. I've been here for 23 years. The opportunity for advancement within Danos was pretty evident early on in my career. They give you a lot of tools and training in order to learn the oil field industry. It has been an excellent ride for me. Join the team that does it different at danos.com. That's D-A-N-O-S dot com. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Hump Day, Wednesday, August the 10th, and today in sports history. Meanwhile, in 1934, Babe Ruth announces this as his final season as a full-time player, and I'm pretty sure that after Ruth was uh, let go by the Yankees, the Boston Braves picked him up, promising uh, coaching and a managerial position, but it didn't work out, and I think the last game uh, Ruth played in, or one of the very last games, he hit three home runs uh, one afternoon in Forbes Field, and the last uh, one uh, leaving the stadium hmm. in 1934. Of course, Ruth retired, I think, just, uh, uh, I'd say, a few months later, but I don't think he played much. He was probably coaching a little bit. He and, did, uh, after he left the Braves, he did coach in Brooklyn. He for did, for the Dodgers, time. that is correct. Not, not manage, but coach that's right and he always wanted to coach but the uh the comeback against ruth was he couldn't even uh take care of himself how could he take care of the team you know in that regard yeah, when you go between innings to get a hot dog across from comiskey park uh, you know maybe you're not the best guy piloting a team yeah ruth uh you know uh, growing up uh, in an orphanage even though he had parents or his dad was still there but uh just led a rough life for him and uh, always loved to have cab kids around him in 1944, Braves pitcher Red Barrett, now, I gotta figure this out, throws 58 pitches to shut out Cincinnati two to nothing. I wonder how many of those 58 pitches were strikes. You know, 58 pitches to, to shut out a team and play nine Six innings. Six and a half pitches an inning. That's right. That's unbelievable. Uh, I'd like to know if Assuming the it went nine, it could have. Yeah, it had to go nine. Yeah, yeah. shut out the Reds. They're, they may have only batted eight times, but he had to be on the mound nine innings. So. That's right. That's right. Anyway, uh, 1949, Ezra Charles, TKO's Gus Lesovich in the eighth for the heavyweight boxing title. 1971, 16 baseball researchers formed the Society for American Baseball Research. Uh, I wonder if that, how the baseball encyclopedia came out. In the meantime, in 1971, Harbin Killebrew hits his 10th, uh, to amass 500 home runs. He adds to his, uh, to the next, uh, at bat to his 501st. Meanwhile, in 1972, Finnish runner Lassie Varen wraps up the 5,000 and the 10,000 meters in double at the Munich Olympics, runs the Olympic record of uh, 13 minutes, 26 seconds, and 42 hundredths for uh, a 5K gold uh, medal and was later accused of blood doping. And basically, blood doping is extracting uh, blood out of your system and uh and then pumping it back in a few weeks before the race, and uh, you have a lot more red blood cells, and you're with a lot more oxygen. And uh, he was accused of that. I can't recall if he was found guilty or not, but Lassie Viren. 1981, Pete Rose gets his 3,631st hit uh, to break Stan Musial's NL career hit record. 
Of course, Rose goes on to set the all-time record, 4,256 hits over that period. And I remember I, I was they were in Chicago when he tied the record, uh, Ty Cobb's record. Yeah, I mean, 4191, but then they took two hits away from Cobb. I think is at 4189. Why, yeah. I can't recall, but anyway. Just because Ty Cobb was a piece <laughs> of work, man. <laughs> he was. But, but um, so uh, you know, those of us in Chicago were really hoping Pete Rose would break the record there, but he saved it for the next day. Yeah, uh, I, I think believe he, against San Diego. Yeah, in Cincinnati, in too. Cinc- yeah, they, that was the thing. Uh, they were heading home, and... Uh, of course, Pete Rose uh, probably had bet that he would not hit the <laughs> one in Chicago. So there you go. Oh, yeah, very much so. Allegedly. Uh, that's a good word to use. In 1984, the United States beat Spain 96-65 to win the men's gold medal in basketball at the Los Angeles uh, Olympics. Of course, future Dream Team members Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, and Chris Mullen on that team. In 1986, Billy Morton Day, as the Yankees retire his uniform number, number one. Of course, that number was also worn by uh, Bobby Richardson in the day. So, uh, and the bang, Yankees... Bang the drum slowly. Yep. Was that loosely based on Bobby Richardson? Uh, or I, was I, it a complete farce? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but... Uh, I'm trying to remember who was who were the actor. Was that Robert De Niro in the movie? De Niro uh, was the and, catcher, slow-witted catcher. And uh, I'm trying. I can picture the face of the actor. Um, and he, he eventually was in like one of the Law and Orders or uh, in a uh, one of those type of shows later on. But okay. made for TV uh, movie based on a book. Yes, that's right. And uh, elsewhere, uh, Billy Martin uh, retired his uniform number. Uh, 1995, the Dodgers leading 2-1. to one, And in the ninth inning, have to forfeit the game to the cards. <laughs> Fans are unruly, and uh, they had to put a halt to it, and the Dodgers lose the game on a forfeit to the cards. That was back in 1995. You, you don't picture Dodger fans yeah, being you're that, right. un- unless it was the Giants. <laughs> True, but uh, you you don't. They're too laid back, yeah. uh, and and especially they all be leaving the stadium by the seventh or eighth inning, and that's what they usually do too, whether they were up or down. That fans would leave. In 1997, Atlanta Braves signed Greg Maddox to then a record five-year, $57.5 million deal. So, of course, Greg Maddox, you know, here they are, the Braves, with uh, uh, three uh, not only Cy Young Award winners in uh, Maddox, uh, along with Tom Glavin and uh, the other big third pitcher, pitcher with the cards for a little while, too, now a broadcaster in the booth, uh, got Smoltz, John Smoltz. They won 15 straight division titles and won one World Series in that tenure. Just kind of strange. Did play in the World Series a few times, but uh, only won uh, to their satisfaction. I think that was in 95, I do believe. Or, it was one of their earlier ones. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then they lost to uh, the Yankees, lost again to Cleveland. They no, beat, no, 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 no. They beat Cleveland. They beat Cleveland. That's yeah, who they, they beat. They beat Cleveland. I think they lost to who else besides the Yankees? They might have lost to the Yankees twice. They lost to the Twins once in 91. Yeah, that was... Uh, and maybe Toronto in either 92 and 93, possibly. Uh, Phillies played Toronto in 93. That's 90. when they hit the uh, walk-off home run uh, to win it in 92, Not 92 was the year uh, they played Pittsburgh but beat Pittsburgh, yeah. That yeah, right. Yeah. I think so. Anyway, uh, today's birthdays, 
1920, born on this day, Red Holtzman, of course, a basketball Hall of Fame coach for the Knicks in 14 seasons, born in Brooklyn. In 1967, Reddick Bowe, heavyweight boxing champion, Olympic silver medalist in 88, born in Brooklyn, New York. 1970, Gino Toretta, college football Hall of Fame quarterback and Heisman Trophy winner in 92, uh, championship years in 89 and 91 with the University of Miami and the Seattle Seahawks, born in Pano, California. And uh, let's go back to Charlie Hustle today. You know, uh, quote of the day by Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle. And that was given to him by Whitey Ford. And there are two instances that come to mind. Uh, the name Charlie Hustle was given to him by Whitey Ford? Whitey Ford. An American leaguer. That's, well, exhibition season. They okay. were playing down okay. in Florida. And Rose walks and he sprints towards first base. He turned to one of the Yankees. He goes, look at Charlie Hustle. And then another instance in that game, Mickey Mantle hits a monster home run uh, out in right field. And Rose is hustling all the way back to the fence and jumping up when the ball is clearly 20 feet over his head. And uh, Ford also mentions, look at Charlie hustle and the name stuck yeah why forward uh, of note there too um, rose broke in as an outfielder eventually played i think five positions yeah uh, he did base second base first base as an all-star in those five different positions and uh of course got him there most of the time yeah you're right about that a switch hitter too uh so the, probably the greatest switch hitter in Major League Baseball. So uh, Pete Rose and Whitey Ford had his own moniker, chairman of the board, there along with Frank Sinatra. Anyway, that's uh, – and it, oh, I forgot to read his quote. I'd be willing to bet you if I was a <laughs> betting man that I've never bet on baseball. <laughs> Pete Rose, infamous line there. If I'm willing infamous to bet you. Infamous line there. <laughs> yeah, you're right. If I was a betting man that I'd never bet on baseball. Of course, we all know – Pete Rose confessed after uh, 11 years that he did bet on baseball, whether it be the Reds winning uh, or not. Uh, you can't bet on baseball. Judge Kennesaw Mountain Landis put that to the fact as he let go uh, eight Chicago White Sox back in 1921. That's uh, today in uh, Sports History. Jeff, now back to you. Got a few headlines. Uh, judge allowing PGA Tour to keep those 54, not 54 golfers, but that play, 54 LIV golf. Out of the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, maybe a little bit more on that later during Tesh Matters. And about uh, this, you know, we've talked about Frank Gore with such affection, uh, mm-hmm. his durability, longevity, that kind of a thing. Somebody picked him up? No, he was charged with assault <laughs> oh. in a domestic. He needs football. Or yeah. boxing. Wasn't he going to become a boxer? Yeah, he too? talked about that. You're right. So, uh, you know, his son plays for Southern Miss, I still believe. Uh, Junior, Frank Gore Jr., I think is still at Southern Miss playing as a running back, uh, coached by New Iberian Ave, uh, Jordy Joseph. There you go. But uh, Gore charged with simple assault in connection to a domestic violence investigation in Atlantic City. And you're innocent until proven guilty. Uh, let's hope for uh, the best there, but unfortunate. And uh, of note, uh, former Giants minor leaguer Solomon Bates uh, comes out as a homosexual and he said, being gay in this sport, you don't know what comes at you. He uh, put this on Instagram. I thank the Giants for giving me the opportunity to be myself and go out there and play the game that I love the most. I'm still in shock on what just happened, but I'm not giving up on what I want to do. I'm still going to open up doors for gay athletes like me. Still will strive to be one of the greatest to do it. So, uh, again, you know, uh, we're seeing a little bit more of that. It's trickling out, people being... Not only honest with others, but honest with themselves, uh, having that opportunity. 
And uh, something uh, that I, I spotted just recently, uh, just looking up, scrolling through, Angels 2A star Otani picked up his 10th win Tuesday night in Oakland to go with his 25th home run, joining Babe Ruth in 1918 as the only players in Major League history to have at least 10 home runs and 10 wins in the same season. I thought I saw something, too, that he accomplished something that hadn't been done in 50 years, um, but obviously Ruth did that much longer than 50 years ago, but... Notched a, a, a few historical feats in that 5-1 to one victory against the A's. Again, he became the first American League pitcher to hit a home run and throw six scoreless innings in the same game since Dave McNally, or McNally, yeah, McNally. did it with Baltimore well, in 1972. Yeah, uh, McNally was a fine pitcher. And it also pitcher. happened on August 9th. Come oh, on. wow. Come on. Yeah, that, that was yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, he, in the meantime, McNally was the uh, pitcher... Uh, for a Montana, I'm, a, I'm going back, uh, my memories, uh, Montana, uh, uh, American Legion team that, uh, the Tulane shirts with, uh, Rusty Staub and his brother won the American Legion World Series in 1960, uh, and Staub went on to a fine career, La Grand Ange, uh, with Montreal, the Houston Astros, and the Mets, too, for that matter. But yeah. Rusty Staub, uh, just a fine player. Never could really, what a big time fielder, had a great arm, could swing the bat, left hander, threw right handed, uh, celebrated pinch hitter. That's he, right. He could come off the bench cold, cold and that's right. get it done. That's right. Anyway, Jeff, uh, that's about it. If you want to wrap up, uh, we got by you, uh, I'm a sports player today, and uh, we got the Breakfast Club coming up momentarily. No doubt. Big thanks to Coach Rick Hudson for joining us today. Again, we'll look forward to Josh Learman, the new head coach at New Iberia Senior High, tomorrow morning at 7.30. Join me later for Tesh Matters. I'm going to be uh, well, Richard Phillips uh, joins me. Uh, we'll have some contentious debate uh, coming up at about 11 o'clock. Big thanks to our sponsors, the Headache and Pain Center, Schwing Insurance, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, the Quarter Tavern, L.A. Classic Roofing. Uh, news is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes and then Lee Kay with the Breakfast Club in just a bit.